0: board-certified family physician, and diplomate of the American Board of Obesity Medicine. I've been helping patients lose weight to treat and prevent medical problems for the last 10 years, and I'm taking what I've learned from them to you. In this podcast, you will learn the science behind why you struggle with your weight and what to do about it, tips for common challenges, work to fight bias about what a healthy weight really is, and improve your relationship with food and your body. Please remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. This podcast is meant to be informational in nature only, not medical advice. Please seek out care from your physician for your specific needs. Okay, let's get started. Hello there, Dr. Frank Avila here. And today we are going to talk about five things that I recommend doing before you try to lose weight. So, I think this is going to be a really important topic because my whole goal with this podcast is to talk about weight and health. And there is a lot more to health than just the number on the scale. And I want to dive into some of the topics that I think are important to focus on above and beyond weight that are having a bigger impact on people's health, than their weight, and that you may want to prioritize first. And if you get to the end of this episode and you have already done or are doing these five things, then congratulations. You are on your way to a very healthy life. You've already done some great things for yourself. And maybe you can just give yourself a big pat on the back and realize that you are doing some things right. Even if you feel like your weight is something that is affecting your health today, you can realize that there are some things you're doing right. So If you have been listening or you listened to my intro today, you know that I am a family physician as well as an obesity medicine specialist. And as a family physician, we treat all ages. And one of our big focuses in family medicine is on preventive care. So what we can do to keep people healthy. And we use a lot of data for that in terms of what people are at risk for, what's most likely to kill people, to be most frank. And so some of the topics we're going to cover today. Day address that and what you can do to keep yourself healthy and, and look for problems before they get worse. So the number one thing that I recommend doing before you worry about your weight, because it has a way bigger impact on your health than your weight probably ever will, is smoking. So smoking is something I am very personally passionate about. I lost two grandparents to lung cancer, and so that made a very big impression on me at a young age, and the data is pretty convincing that smoking is bad for our health. In fact, in terms of lung cancer, it increases your risk of getting lung cancer by 20%. Five times. You are 25 times more likely to get lung cancer than someone who does not smoke. And you can reverse that risk over time by quitting smoking. So sometimes we get this black and white thinking about our health. Well, I've already done the damage. Might as well keep going. And that is definitely not true. The younger you are, the more time you have to make up for that. But it's really never too late. You are going to have improved health benefits, and decrease your cancer risk over time if you quit smoking. Besides lung cancer, though, smoking also dramatically increases your risk of heart disease. And heart disease is a big part of why I'm passionate about weight. I also lost a grandfather to a heart attack. And so, you know, the risks of metabolic disease and weight and diabetes on heart health is another thing that I'm personally just very passionate about. And heart disease impacts So many people, you know, it's just frankly something we all need to be worried about because, you know, a lot of people die of heart attacks. And one of the things that can reduce the risk of that is quitting smoking. Smoking actually increases your risks of having a heart attack or stroke by about three to five times. So you are three to five times more likely to have a heart attack or stroke if you smoke than if you don't. And that doesn't factor in weight or diabetes or any of those risk factors, just smoking in and of itself is a huge risk for heart disease. And so one of the reasons we treat weight is to reduce the risk of heart disease and stroke and to reduce the risk of cancer. But smoking is causing a way bigger risk of those things than than your weight is. And so that's why I always recommend that smoking be a priority over weight. Now, a lot of my patients don't like hearing that because they're very worried that they might gain weight if they quit smoking and just add to that issue. And that is not untrue. So on average, people will gain 5 to maybe 10 pounds when they quit smoking. And so for a lot of people, that can feel really overwhelming. But it is going to have a much bigger impact on your health to quit smoking and You know, a lot of people can do two things at the same time. So when you're focusing on your health, you could definitely quit smoking and start treating your weight as well. And some of the medications that we use to help with smoking or help with weight also help with the other problem. One in particular, which would be that Contrave or the Welbutrin-Naltrexone combination. Welbutrin is a medication that is known to help people quit smoking. It does have an FDA approval for that. The Bupropion does. That's the generic name for it and that is a medicine that can help suppress appetite and help with weight and it becomes even more effective when we add naltrexone as that contrave medication so that may be you know a strategy that you could utilize and discuss with your physician Another great strategy, if you are worried about quitting smoking and gaining weight would be to really focus on exercise in this time period, because that is going to help your metabolic rate, help reduce stress and give you something to do besides smoking. So this may be a great time if you are ready to quit smoking to go ahead and work on some other healthy habits like exercise. And again, you may be able to utilize medications to help you. And then nicotine replacement is a fantastic option, and that may also minimize your weight gain part of the benefit of part of the reason that people don't gain weight as much or will gain weight when they stop using nicotine is nicotine actually does increase your metabolic rate a little bit. And so, you know, using a nicotine replacement is not going to have all the negative impacts that actually smoking a cigarette has while still giving you nicotine as you transition off of nicotine altogether. So nicotine replacements are a great option as well. About 12% of the country still smokes. And so, you know, you are not alone if this is a health challenge you are struggling with. It is really, really, really hard to quit smoking. And on average, people try nine times before they're successful. So, you know, some people will be successful the first time they try. Some people will be successful the 20th time. So, Don't get stuck in that black and white thinking that just because you haven't been able to quit smoking before that you can't. It really is the most important thing you can do for your health. Okay, so number one, the number one health tip I always give is if you are smoking, stop smoking. And if you don't smoke or you already quit smoking, you are doing something amazing for your health Congratulations if you have quit smoking and, you know, give yourself a pat on the back because sometimes you can beat yourself up when you're trying to get healthy or change your weight and you are already doing something that is great for yourself. Okay, moving on to another common substance that people can struggle with, which is alcohol. And alcohol is something that is getting a little more attention in the last couple of years. In the past, we've sort of been pretty permissive with alcohol, and we've really only said that really high amounts of alcohol are bad for your health. And that's absolutely still true. But there's starting to be more data that maybe actually more moderate amounts of alcohol, which many people just consider social drinking may not be great for our health and maybe increasing risks of heart disease and cancer as well. And so when it comes to alcohol, it is something I recommend cutting back when you're trying to lose weight. For most people, I recommend if you're, if you're, you know, focusing on nutrition and trying to lose weight or maintain weight, really limiting alcohol to one or two drinks a week. And from the weight loss side, alcohol has calories. Some of it has a lot of calories if we start adding quina colada mix or margarita mix, if we have a really heavy beer. So some drinks definitely have a lot of sugar and calories in them. But the big thing also with alcohol is that I always say it brings friends with it. And not like your friend Kelly, like it brings like more food and more alcohol with it because it disinhibits us. And that's what people like about alcohol. They feel relaxed. It's a little easier to chat with people, a little more fun to watch a football game. It disinhibits us. It chills us out a little bit, but that can chill you out about what else you were eating or drinking and lead you to drinking more alcohol or eating more food. And so when you're trying to lose weight, cutting alcohol back can be a really helpful strategy. But above and beyond just that reason, alcohol probably is having negative impact on our health. So we know that alcohol is increasing the risk of heart disease and cancers at high levels. It also um, might increase risk of dementia. And so those are reasons maybe to cut back. Our current guidelines are that women can have an average of one drink a day and no more than four in one sort of sitting, and that men should not have more than an average of two a day. 14 in a week or five in one sitting. But I think those guidelines are really generous. And I think we are going to see recommendations change on that in the next few years and recommend a lot less. If you are above that threshold, definitely should cut back. And if you have really problematic drinking, then that may be something you need to work with a physician or other expert with, because you could be at risk for having, you know, withdrawal or other problems if you cut back. So that is usually for people who are drinking more than like five or six drinks a day. If you are at that heavy level of drinking where you're drinking, you know, more than five drinks on a regular basis or you know, drinking two or three drinks every single day of the week, then that is definitely something that you should cut back on for health. And again, if you were at that place where you are drinking high amounts of alcohol, five or six drinks or more every day, then you may wanna consult with your physician before completely stopping alcohol because you could be at risk for alcohol withdrawal, which could be dangerous. So if you're not sure where you're at with your drinking and you think it may be really heavy, then that is something I would recommend you seeing your family physician or other healthcare provider for to evaluate if you really are in a dangerous place and need some support with cutting back on alcohol. One thing I find is that people have no idea what a serving of alcohol is. So quickly, what we consider a serving of alcohol is 12 ounces of beer. So a glass of beer is considered 12 ounces. Five ounces of wine is considered a glass of wine. So sometimes there's really big glasses and they may have more than five ounces. So if you really want to be specific about this, you can measure it out and see how far it fills up your wine glass. And then in terms of like hard liquor, you know, things like vodka, whiskey, bourbon, tequila, 1.5 ounces is considered a serving or a drink. And so if you're having a mixed drink, you know, you may have two or three quote drinks in that beverage. And so that is something to keep in mind as well. So number one, smoking, definitely the worst thing anyone is doing for their health for the most part. And then number two, alcohol, you know, in moderation, probably okay, though. I think we're going to be revising what moderate drinking is over the next few years to decade. And if you're really having those high levels of drinking, something that you should prioritize above and beyond weight loss, if you were having you know five, six drinks or more on most days, that is having a way bigger impact on your health and your weight than any of the food you're eating or what number the scale says. So definitely see an expert to get some help if you are drinking at that level. And if you are already having one or two or less alcoholic beverages per week, congratulations. Again, pat yourself on the shoulder. You are doing something fantastic for your health. Okay, number three, my third recommendation, if you are trying to improve your health before focusing on weight, is that if you have disordered eating or think you have disordered eating, to get that addressed. So eating disorders are going to probably have a very big impact on your mental health um, and sometimes your physical health. And they really are going to make it challenging to lose weight and keep it off because really the issue is the disordered eating, not what you're eating not some of the other things that may be affecting weight. And so when there is an eating disorder present, I always recommend addressing that first before worrying about your weight or before worrying about the scale. And for some people, you may never get there. You may need to focus on that disordered eating and sort of let go of this scale a little bit So the two most common disordered eating patterns that I see as someone who helps people with their weight are binge eating disorder and nighttime eating syndrome. I think a lot of people are familiar with things like anorexia nervosa. Those patients are going to be underweight by definition. But if you struggled with that in the past and now are struggling with thinking you have overweight or having overweight or obesity, You know, trying to lose weight may be really triggering, may still create a lot of emotional distress. And so working with someone who's familiar with eating disorders may be a priority for you. Same thing with a history of bulimia. People who have bulimia are compensating for overeating in some ways. So they'll usually have episodes of binge eating. But then they do something to try to compensate for that, which could be vomiting, using laxatives, or overexercising. And so if that is a pattern that you have for yourself or have had in the past, getting treatment for that probably is something to prioritize over what the scale says. But the two conditions that I see are nighttime eating syndrome and binge eating disorder, Binge eating disorder being actually the most common eating disorder, and that is defined as in a two-hour period eating an amount of food that is definitely larger than what most people would eat in that setting, that there is a sense of lack of control over that when it happens. You may eat a lot more quickly when it happens. You may feel physically and emotionally uncomfortable. So you may feel really sick to your stomach from how much you ate or feel very, very emotionally distressed, distraught, beat yourself up over that behavior. And it may lead to feelings of embarrassment or depression. And so that is um, you know, we kind of talked about emotional eating before. That is on a more extreme end of that. But if that's a pattern you have now or have been prone to in the past, then that is something I would highly recommend getting addressed. And that could be addressed through medications. That can be addressed through therapy. That can be addressed through a combination of those things. But if you are struggling with binge eating disorder, it is going to be really hard to achieve a healthy weight without addressing that binge eating as part of your plan. So recognizing if you have that and seeking care from an expert who can help you with that is going to be really important on that journey. Nighttime eating syndrome is somewhat similar. It is eating large amount of foods, but it is usually when someone is actually waking up from sleep in order to do that or eating excessively after their evening meal. So eating the majority of their calories between dinner and bedtime. And that again, can sometimes be something that can be improved with different medications or with therapy and could be a sign that there's something actually going on with your sleep patterns and that you might actually have a sleep problem. And that is something that you might want to address as well with your physician. So if you have disordered eating, have a history of disordered eating, or think you have an eating disorder, then addressing that first and getting some help with that before worrying about what the scale says or what your weight is, is very important. In a similar line, my number four tip of things to take care of before you worry about the scale is depression or other mood disorders. So if you have depression or anxiety or something else going on with your mood, addressing that first is going to be really helpful to your overall health as well as your weight. So I very frequently have patients come in and they have depression or anxiety and it's stable. They're on medications, they're seeing a therapist, they started exercising regularly, whatever the treatment is, that is going to help with their mood and their mood is, is good and it's not interfering with their life. And they're in a great place to focus on weight and other healthy habits. But I also have a fair amount of patients who come in and when I ask why they want to lose weight, they will say to feel better about themselves. And when we start talking, they really have clinical depression and or anxiety. And we really have to talk about how weight loss is probably not going to solve depression. There is a relationship between weight and mood, and there are people who will feel better when they are able to take care of themselves, eat healthy, exercise regularly. but. Addressing weight, treating obesity is really not a cure for depression. And so if depression is something you are struggling with or think you're struggling with, getting an evaluation by your family physician or a mental health clinician is going to be really important to have a good foundation to be able to keep healthy habits. If you have depression, it is going to be really hard to get out of bed and exercise. It's going to be really hard to meal prep. It's going to be hard to stick with things. Those are just symptoms of depression, trouble with sleep, trouble with concentration, trouble with energy, trouble with activation, getting yourself to do things. That's what depression is. And so it's really, really hard to make long-term health changes if you have depression. And so if you have depression and it's not currently well-controlled or you think you might have depression, you just feel like everything feels really hard, you feel tired all the time, you feel down all the time, you don't feel interested in anything, you feel guilty, you're beating yourself up, you're having trouble with concentration, any of those sorts of symptoms, those are worth getting evaluated and treated. And that could mean medication, that could mean therapy, that could mean regular exercise. But whatever it is that you do, I would recommend that you treat depression first. It has huge implications for our overall health, as well as our ability to be successful with making healthy lifestyle changes. And my last tip, as I said, I am a family physician. We are all about preventive care, is to make sure you are getting your annual preventive care visit, or what is sometimes called your physical or your wellness exam, That is a visit where your doctor should be focusing on all the recommended preventive screenings for you. So they will take into account your family history. They will take into account your age, your gender, if you smoke, and they will screen and recommend appropriate testing. Things like mammograms to look for breast cancer, things like pap smears to look for cervical cancer. There is now screening tests that we do for people who smoke to look for lung cancer. They are going to do your blood work, see if you have high cholesterol, see if you have diabetes or are at risk for it. They'll check your blood pressure, make sure that's normal. They'll discuss if prostate cancer screening is appropriate for you. Colon cancer screening, everyone should be getting screened for colon cancer starting at age 45. Earlier, if you have risk factors, that is increasing in frequency. The colon cancer in our country is definitely going up. So recommendations that you... See your family physician or your other primary care provider so that you can make sure you're up to date on everything else. Let's make sure that you don't have a risk for cancer, that you don't have something we can find early and treat before we focus on lots of other changes. Let's do the basics. So (laughs) I highly recommend that you do that annual exam again where you can get blood work and have customized testing to make sure that you are being screened for the right things to keep yourself healthy. All right, so in summary today, my five tips of things you should do before you worry about losing weight is quit smoking. It is huge for your health and it is way more of a risk for heart disease and cancer than your weight will ever be. You should consider cutting back on drinking or if you have really heavy alcohol use, get treatment for that because that is going to have a bigger impact on your health and your weight. If you have disordered eating, a history of disordered eating, or think you might have disordered eating, getting an evaluation for that, making sure you are in a good place with your relationship with your body and food before you start trying to lose weight. If you have depression or other problems with your mood, get evaluated and treated for that. It is going to be really hard to make long-term healthy choices if you're struggling with your mood and it has other health implications. Stress is bad for our bodies. And so get depression and other mood disorders treated if you have that going on. And last but not least, make sure you are getting that annual exam where your doctor can customize a treatment plan and preventive and screening program to keep you healthy. And also maybe look at some blood work to see if your weight is affecting your health. See if your blood pressure is being affected by your weight and get that whole health picture. So I think our homework was pretty clear today. If you have done all five of those things, give yourself a pat on the back. You are taking care of your health. Sometimes people are really, really hard on themselves when they are struggling with overweight or obesity. And so I'm just here to say, like, even if you're struggling with your weight, you may be doing lots of other great things for your health. So congrats if you were doing those things. If there is something on that list that you were struggling with, I highly recommend seeing someone who can help you get those things taken care of because there is no sense in just focusing on one aspect of our health. If we are focused on our health, let's focus on all of it and make sure we are doing lots of healthy habits so that the things we are doing with nutrition and with exercise and to lose weight actually add up so we can live longer and live healthier. That is what I am all about. That is why I do this. And so while weight is one thing that infects health, lots of other things are important to your health too. And I wanted to highlight those today. So take care of yourself and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Frank Show, where we learn about all things related to weight and health. If you love this podcast, make sure to leave those five-star reviews and share this podcast with a friend or loved one. If you have a topic about weight and health you want me to tackle, head over to the website, thedrfrankavillashow.com to submit your question. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode. Take care.